right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope everyone's out there having a lovely day. We've got a lot to talk about, and of course, my good friend Bob Kudla from Trade Genius Academy is here to do that. Bob, it's a little late in the month. We normally speak a, a couple of weeks back. You know, it's usually that first week of the month, so I kind of missed you. How you been? I'm doing good. You know, I, I went to therapy because I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but, you know, <laughs> but we talked before the show, so I feel better now, Zach. That's right. Catch up <laughs> on everything. Well, listen, like I said, we got a lot to talk about. You know, the, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, Liz Cheney lost last night. I think that's a herald of things to come. But before we get into it, please tell us once more who you are and what Trade Genius does. Yeah, so what we do is... is um, We've created two algorithms that we think are, are pretty good that they look at um, what levels you should be buying, um, either buying dips or selling rips. Or we have another algo that tells us then if that's the case, when's momentum giving you the right entry and exit points for the, for the stock? And then we layer on top of that the seasonalities of the market. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. I don't think I've spent enough time sharing with people. Because if you get the macro right, you can be wrong on the micro and still make money. And so we combine that into a service. And what we do is we trade the stock market. We trade the cryptocurrency markets. We trade futures and options. And and how we deliver the services, we basically give you access to our algorithms. And then we teach you how to use the algorithms. And you can trade whatever you want, even stuff that we, we not might not be following. I give trades out pretty much every day. And then also we have chat rooms where you can communicate with us. So, so long story short is it's a good package. It's very, very reasonably priced. And then when we talk on our show, obviously I give out um, uh, discounts for people for spending time listening to me. And if you take advantage of the specials we have this month, is it non bundles, 50% off the promo code school you have till Saturday, whatever that day is, the, 20th, I guess. And and then 65% off anything that um, is already bundled. That's already pre-discounted. The other, the other thing 50% off is, is not pre-discounted, but it's not bundled either. The better deal is to bundle. So um, when we do, um, we do, when we price this stuff, we want to make sure that it's priced to your advantage. And uh, I make money if you stay with me long-term. Okay, and so right obviously uh, if I make you money, you're going to stay with me. And so, uh, so that's it. And it's a really good service and and uh, like minded people. And I, I think, you know, I people I've been doing this for a long time. I think we started this thing now in uh, seventh, our seventh year going on our eighth almost. So time flies. Certainly, certainly. Well, you know, I'm in those chat rooms. I see you guys talking. Everybody's making money. Everybody seems very happy. And if you guys want to get in on the action, you can get to the information in the description below. Thanks again for being here, Bob. I appreciate it. So <clears throat> lots of different things going on. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, about the easy stuff first. You know, we got crypto, we got the markets, we got consumables and durable goods, I guess, and oil and gas. But what's the situation with crypto? I still have all of my crypto locked up in the Celsius bankruptcy, and I have no idea what's going to happen with it. So I'm kind of watching with bated breath from the outside as I no longer have control over my own wallet. What do you say? Yeah, well, I don't know anything about the Celsius what that's going to play out. You'll obviously get a payout of some yeah. sort. You know, so uh, it's just locked up until they can kind of unscrew the um, the uh, liabilities. But 
Well, my, my hope is that Bitcoin goes to the moon so that they've got enough money to actually pay out the real value of the coins. <laughs> yeah, well, if they if they wait six months, you'll be happy. Um, <laughs> but right now, short term, look, you know, we're still in the ha- post having bear, right? If you want to call it that. Bitcoin has linked itself up to liquidity now. If you noticed, uh, Bitcoin actually leads the market. So we noticed a couple of days ago, Bitcoin was no longer pushing up. Phil, my partner, um, he's a crypto, former crypto miner. Um, he Nobody knows more about crypto than Phil does. He's doing this a long, 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 long time. And uh, and he was telling everybody here, if we push up towards 25K, it's probably going to mark the top for this, this short cycle. We're likely to push down into end of September, October, and maybe potentially even double bottom in that 17,500, 18,000 area. And then from there, you start you start getting the whiffs of the next halving. And going into 2023 is when uh, our expectation is to get the next move higher. Look, we have, we have probabilities on our side. Remember, I started the meeting with probabilities. Bitcoin has done this now like six or seven times. So yeah. for people who are new thinking, oh, my gosh, it's over. But, you know, this happens like clockwork where you get these 70, 80 percent down moves. The reason why Bitcoin is so volatile is that there is not a, a mature derivative market in Bitcoin. Not sure you even want one, but there's not a mature derivative market in there that kind of takes out the highs and the lows. Uh, so the highs are high and the lows are low, but it it um it it just continually moves up every cycle. So you know, obviously, it's not inflationary. So people are going to have to spend more and more money to be profitable doing the transactions. So the miners are going to force price up. And and more and more people are going to start distrusting the banking system. So you're going to start seeing more uh, transactions that are going off book, if you will. And and so I think from a macro standpoint, that's the Bitcoin story. Micro for me, trading it is just so people know we trade on the short side, too. You know, you can hodl your Bitcoin and make money shorting. OK, you know, BITI is out there now, which is a, um, a short futures uh, ETF. I'm personally in it right now, profitable. And um, and then Phil trades uh, FTX uh, Bitcoin short to um, to manage out his um, his positions. And and so there's opportunities to uh, strengthen your long term positioning in Bitcoin while protecting your sh- any short term pain. And we do that at Trade Genius and we can help you and show you how you can do that. Now, on the plus side. You know, Mara went from five dollars to almost twenty. So you can make four hundred percent on this for two. So on the stock side, I focus on Mara and BITI. When Bitcoin's in ascendance, I'm buying Mara. When Bitcoin is struggling, I'm buying BITI. So there's ways in which you can trade crypto without being in crypto. So that's the crypto market. Alt market is closed now for this cycle. We have to wait for the um, the next halving cycle for Bitcoin to look at at alt. So we're totally Bitcoin focused and we're defensive right now. Okay, so that's that's crypto. Okay, how about the markets? Um, you, you know, a lot of people are are having a, a real difficult time now. I mean, uh, clearly we're in the midst of a recession, no matter what the Biden administration says, uh, and everything's kind of in flux. Uh, you know, are you in the market actively? Are you selling? Are you holding on to stocks? Yeah, I mean, ironically, um, yeah, I am, I'm, and I, actually, I'm fairly long the market, but I'm long certain things and I'm short the right things. So. Um, one thing that you've noticed, even with oil prices have fallen. So let me just back up for a second. In the beginning of the year, 
Okay, this is the second year of a first president, a first Dem president. Okay, so there's certain rules that go to that seasonality, and this, you know, this goes back, you know, since they've been keeping track of this stuff, you know, a long time. And so March was a high. It said March was a high. June was a low. June was a low. Uh, August was a high. August is the high. September is the low, and that's going to probably be the low. And then we drift up into the. Uh, and oil works opposite. Oil is working on an opposite basis. June was the high. But now we, we reached this uh, nexus now where yesterday, you and I are talking what day is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when you're going to publish this. But on Tuesday, the market went up and touched the 200-day moving average. And, and, it, and, it, and it sold off. And today, it sold off even harder, which telling us that's a kiss. Bear market rally is likely over. What we don't know, Zach, is will we make a new low or not? The seasonality tells us we won't, but we're in kind of interesting environment right now because the Fed is in, increasing interest rates into this because, and we'll talk about the Fed in a second, but to answer your question is I'm pretty much long energy and I'm long um, natural gas. I'm long uh, uranium. I'm long oil. I'm long shippers, especially shippers that have move oil. So that's that's my concentration. And I'm short tech with um, I have SARC calls. I'm short crypto with BITI. And it's it's working out pretty well. So, uh, um, you know, and we just came off a move here where the market moved up 20 percent. So we took mm-hmm. advantage of, the you know, the bear rally. But now when this market falls again, it's going to catch a lot of people goofy footed because everybody's been told that, hey, there's no bear market anymore. Um, Fed's got our back. Fed's going to pivot, and we're going to we're going to sky. A lot of those people are going to have to rethink their position. So, I've been slowly adding cash to my portfolios, and I'm just being very very careful right now. The Fed will pivot at some point. My initial expectation was July was going to be their last rate increase, but the rhetoric is so strong that that my view is that they're actually I don't think they're fighting inflation. I think they're still fighting Russia. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to blow up the oil market so they can defund Russia, but um, it's not going to work. And <laughs> and now with, with wages going up, that they have a double problem on their hands. So I think they're going to probably raise again here in September. And then I think I think that screws the pooch, you know. And I think then they're going to have to probably stop and and pivot. So those people caught with adjustable rate mortgages. Or, or or kind of goofy foot in that area, probably by the end of 2023, we're looking at probably zero rates. <laughs> wow. So uh, and we're going into recession. So so that's my view. Uh, I think the Biden administration is going to try to hold this market up one way, shape or form into the election so that they can control the bloodbath. Uh, and then and then from there, no matter what happens, um, if the Democrats prevail in some way, shape or form, um, hopefully not. Is that I think they'll, they'll, they'll they're they're going to get really aggressive going after corporations, you know, in terms basically defund them for their own personal political views, and if the Republicans win, it's going to be an all-out war in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and nothing's going to get done, and the Biden administration is going to do everything they can to hamstring the economy to blame the Republicans. So, so I think 2023 is going to be a brutal year. I don't care how it shapes out; it's not going to be fun. Well, throwing Biden, throwing something happening to Biden. I mean, he's fading fast. I he mean, is. You know, he's. He, I mean, literally, I don't think he even knew he was signing those documents the other day. 
I mean, yeah. literally, I mean, I feel bad for him. I mean, I really do. I, you know, he does not know. And ironically enough, if this was Biden 30 years ago, he wouldn't be nearly as radical mm-hmm. as the guy they have here. Now, now they just they basically are. You know, you remember when you were kids and they told you the movie theaters were sending you subliminal messages to eat more popcorn in the movies? Mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening to Biden. They just keep feeding him messaging. Ice cream. And he, he doesn't have the ability to to discern, so he just repeats it out like a tape recorder. It's and, true. And I think that's what's happening to the guy. Pretty sad. So one thing that you mentioned there about uh, uh, the Biden administration trying to starve out Russia – they just announced that gas prices are going to go up by 60 percent in Europe. The the natural gas that they're delivering to Germany and I believe a number, number of other countries. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't know what they can possibly do to make it tougher on Russia. I mean, the ruble is backed by gold. They're only accepting gold in payment uh, for the energy that they're pumping out. And now they're going to be getting a lot more money for it. So all they're doing is really feeding the beast. I mean, I, I don't know. It, all of the moves that they seem to be making, whatever they say publicly are, are the intentions behind it. I, I feel like that's just, you know, obviously not the case because they're perpetuating all of this stuff. It seems like every single move, every single decision that they make just pushes us further and further down into the gravel pit. <laughs> We're not getting out. Yeah, I mean, look, they're definitely asked backwards on this. I don't know how Europe survives it. That's why when people were telling me, I was having literally, you know, conversation with my subscribers, some saying, hey, I think a new bull market's coming. I don't think people truly, truly, you know, I don't have as much of an international audience as probably you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe your European subscribers could chime in. I don't think people truly understand what it's existential threat to the existence of the European economy. Mm-hmm. They're shutting down industries left and right because they can't afford the energy. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And that's why I own energy, especially natural gas, is that we have an arbitrage here. I mean, natural gas is five times more expensive in Europe than it is the United States. Mm. We're producing, we're the world's largest exporter of natural gas. I don't think people know that, liquefied natural gas. So we're going to be pumping that thing like the cows are coming home, and we're going to go ahead and liquefy it. We're sending it over to Europe. And the companies that 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 draw out natural gas and, and have um, – and liquefy it and ship it, great money. And I have those companies. I'll share them with people who subscribe with us. But I mean, these people are making money hands over fist. It's 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 amazing. Coal companies, Glencore, the profit of Glencore. Glencore made more profit last quarter than they made in the last ten years. Hmm. You know, so it, 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 there's like a two year window here where if Europe survives it, you know, uh, they'll come out of it. But I, you know, we, we're likely to get a cold winter in Europe this year. And I mean, you can handle heat cause you can get wet, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't handle cold because you can't put enough covers on you. I mean, literally people are going to have to, they don't make enough money. There, there was a, there was a guy that when Italy was, it was just on Twitter yesterday, showed his bill. He said, I would have made more money if I shut my restaurant down, fired all my employees and went on vacation for six weeks. He said, I got I got taken to the cleaners because of the cost of energy to stay open. He can't be alone in that environment, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, so it, it it's bad, and it's not just them. Um, if mind allow me to, to tangent for a second, China, China is the untold story here. They're, they just keep that out of the news. The China banking system has already started its 2008 implosion. I was going to ask okay. you about this because I read that people are not paying their mortgages and I keep seeing all these videos that like, you know, 
15 days until total collapse in China. And so what's the deal with China? Yeah, well, I don't know. The 15 days is to get you to read the article. Probably. You know, just like just like just like we titled this one. World's yeah. ending. Talk to Bob. You know, um, <laughs> but um, you have um, you have a problem there where they, they the banking system is a series of what's called re- hypothecations. Basically, you're you're ponzing on top of ponzing, but you get to the point in the math where it's sornet. Sornet means is a straight up move. So you're at infinity now on terms of repopulation. You can't do it anymore. I mean, literally, you can blow a breeze through a bank and you can collapse it. That's how sensitive it is to people pulling their deposits out. So the Chinese government, the banks just say, well, you're not going to let you get your deposits out. Well, people don't realize Okay, the speculators are already screwed. They're not even finishing the building. People put money into these projects that aren't built yet. See, United States, you can't buy a property unless it's ready for occupation. Right. In China, they changed the rules because the property developers are the Chinese Communist Party, right? Mm-hmm. And so so those people are screwed. They're never going to get their property. Their populations are they're depopulating on a demographic standpoint. They leverage their banking system up to full max. And the people who are prudent and just had their money in the bank because there's no social safety net in China. That's why I hate communists and socialists. They tell you things they don't do. There's no social safety net in China. Okay. So let's say you're 60 years old and you put equivalent of, you know, in China, let's say you had a half a million dollars. You saved your whole life that that more than cover you and you have it in the bank. Well, the bank just froze your deposit. So you're likely to starve to death when you mm. stop working. Yeah. If you could stop working. So China's in huge, huge trouble. And so uh, that's why the rhetoric on Taiwan, they're trying to externally focus their people, you know, and um, but yeah, so, so China's in trouble. All right. Japan is at the point where they can't keep lowering interest rates anymore. So they're likely to get a bond pop in there. Japan's different though because they can rally their people. They're, they're one of the very most homogenous people in the world. They can they can they can take the bow saying we screwed up. People will forgive them and say okay, this is what we need to do next. But Japan relies on energy for their heavy heavy industries too. So the ba- that's all bad news. The good news is I'll buy uranium because they're going to be building nuke plants till the cows come home. All right. <laughs> uh, is United Kingdom said we're building eight more nuke plants. Rolls Royce has a mini nuke. The United States just approved a mini nuke plant. So um, the world's going to have to go nuclear or the world's going to die. And I don't think this was in the West's plans. I think they like the fact that we can get more green. I don't think they wanted 20 years worth of effort to happen in one winter. I think they totally screwed up their reaction to Russia. And, and um, I think they misunderstood the resilience or the stubbornness of the Russian people. Why? I don't know. These people survived two world wars, you know? And so, um, so Putin's he's dug his heels in. And so, um, yeah, so China's in big trouble. So ironically enough, if we fix our politics, the United States is in great shape. So, <laughs> I think we're on our way, you know, I mean, with the uh, uh, ousting of Liz Cheney last night, uh, we've got uh, I was looking at the totals on the um, primary in Alaska, too. You know, Kelly Toshiba, she might uh, end up dethroning um, Lisa Murkowski as well. Come November, they have a little bit of a, a kind of a weird primary system there. You've got four people that advance to the general. But 
You know, I mean, I think this is indicative of what we're seeing all over the country. I mean, pretty much every single one of President Trump's endorsements has made it through. Uh, They seem to have overwhelming support of the people. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Nobody likes the Democrats any longer. And I think that they just sealed their own fate with this raid on President Trump this past week. Uh, And then once we get all of those new people, all those new bodies into Congress, I mean, we're going to have hearings up the wazoo. And I'm really hoping that they're going to gut the Justice Department and the DOJ, excuse me, and the FBI. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I look at intensity. And so we could probably over we could probably overwhelm any kind of creative accounting in the election cycle, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, this fall. And um, and I think there's a lot of intensity here now, Um, you know. I, th- I think, you know, and we're not going to talk about the IRS per se, but I think people intuitively, uh, viscerally react to that. And I think that I think that was a total mistake on the part of um, on the Democrats. I think I think that they're going to rue that day. And and um, and that's a problem. The other the other issue that that the Democrats have is, like you said, they they have basically they have Albert they have albatrosses around their neck with uh Joe Biden, I think something's going to happen to Joe and then the Democrats are going to try to do something really shady with like maybe bringing Newsom in and, uh, you know, uh, paying off Kamala to get out and then Biden's going to go and Newsom's going to be in. But he's not a very loved figure either because mm-hmm. California. So I think all the Democrats are doing is basically exposing their weaknesses here. And the more they vilify Trump, the more they just get the. The, the the Republican base up in arms. They think, I think they misread, you know, I don't, I'd vote for Trump in a minute. Okay. If he was running, but I don't like his rhetoric. Sometimes I don't like the way in which he, he talks or I don't like some of the decisions he makes, but he absolutely loves the country mm-hmm. and his policies are typically spot on. Okay. So I think people misunderstand, misunderstand maybe the, we want to correct, we, we want to correct Trump, you know, so he's not so bombastic, but we love him. And I think with the Democrats trying to put this guy in jail, which I think is their plan is that all they're going to do is just going to the sense of fair play in America, I think is still there. And I think people are really, really, really going to react negatively to that for the Democrats. And look, you see it already. Um, uh, the Hispanic vote has wholesale shifted, mm-hmm. wholesale shifted. I think I think the the immigration policy was an absolute disaster. You know, um, you, they dumped these people into the Hispanic communities, and people are like saying, um, "I can't go to the doctor, I can't get services." You know what I mean? These guys are now competing against me for work. You know, um, and oh by the way, what's with this woke stuff? You know, Hispanic machismo, right? And woke are like like oil and water, you know, and, and right. And they <laughs> have no white guilt. Opposed. <laughs> yeah. The, the beautiful thing about being Hispanic is you don't have white guilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then also the Democrats are complaining now about Greg Abbott sending illegals up to Michigan and Washington, D.C., you know, these Democrats strongholds. I, I could not believe it watching on CNN as these people were just like bemoaning the Texas sending off of all of these illegals. You know, how dare Texas send the illegals that the Democrats are inviting here to the Democrat home states, you know, the places where these people are actually leading. 
I, I, I just don't think they, they think people don't watch the, the news or like or like they don't they forget what happened yesterday. I mean, they were literally making the Republicans points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and I love the fact where, where the where what uh, was it Adams, whatever the mayor of New York is, he said, yeah. what Texas is doing is illegal. When did that I'm ever like, stop uh, a politician? <laughs> I'm like, wow, I, you must really, I, you know what it is? I think they do. I think they think people are stupid. Uh, yeah, I, no, I tend to agree. Misinformed and indifferent. But see, there's a, there's a thing out here in politics that I think people misunderstand. And it's in sales too. Things don't matter to people till they matter. Like I could try to sell you something, Zach, all day long. And I could have the best product and the best service in the world. But if you're satisfied or satisfied enough, mm-hmm. you're not going to make a decision to change. Yeah, You have to be knocked off. It's called being even keel. And I think what the Democrats have done is over the last two and a half years, they pushed America off of even keel. And, and now things matter. Look, Virginia was a classic case of you screwed with my kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now they're down there. Now with the Hispanics, you're screwing with my potential livelihood mm-hmm. and forget the white, the white man is, they already know they're trying to basically exterminate us. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, and now they won't going after the Catholics. Did you see that? Yeah. So the, the, the rosary is a sign rosary. of extremism or something. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Hey, represent, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're going after the Catholics. I mean, I mean, oh. don't they know that the Catholics are the last vestige of the white democratic voter? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I they- just wonder, maybe the woke is really a Republican psyop. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the whole time. It's Ron or Romney secretly just doing it to destroy the Democrats. That's hilarious. Electico is doing it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, but it's just really asking. You know, I'm nervous till November because I just don't know what these, you know, the Democrats have this propensity of pulling stuff out of their rear end that are, that the Republicans haven't thought about, you know, in terms of blunting. Mm -hmm. But I hope this new crop of Republicans are basically, they've been war tested. You know, um, and and they're going to be aggressive. I think they realize you just can't be neutral, neutral with a Democrat. If you you know if you spill red ink on a white piece of paper, it's red. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to make sure that that ink doesn't get to you. And I think that's the problem with Republicans, is that you know the right typically reacts. That's what you know Republicans and progressives are trying to progress their agenda. Mm-hmm. And I think Republicans are going to have to push back. It's a shame because. We saw it like in Colombia, you saw it in Germany in World War II. The reactions basically when people react from the right tend to not be good. Yeah. And so I, I just hope right wing death squads. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Exactly. So and I think um and I think that's the problem. I, not, I don't think America's that way. You know, America's kind of unique because we're we're really a series of probably like five hundred countries in one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, like people say, oh, the housing market's collapsing somewhere. Well, people are homes are still selling one day here. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida's doing great. You know what I mean? New York sucks. So, you know, it's it, we're not a we're not monolithic like in Europe. You know, if something's happening in Spain, Spain's going down. Mm-hmm. United States. Hey, and look at the food. Right. So, you know, around the world, we're having food, food harvest issues and and North Dakota bumper crop of wheat. So we have some inherent advantages. We just have to not let the Democrats basically federalize the country. They federalize the country, then there's no hope. 
Yeah. But in the, in, until we can do that, then I think we're fine. I tell people all the time, do not react to their bait. They're throwing bait in the water. They're trying, they're doing this to Trump to get you to do something stupid. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything illegal ever, people, ever. Okay, you don't have to be mad. You, you get even in the polls. If you don't like just doing voting, get to the polls and work a poll, right? Mm-hmm. Don't complain. Get out there, hand out things. Be be um, engaged. And I think Steve Bannon has the best move of all is uh, get elected to something. See, sure. the, the Democrats are really smart. They they got their kids out of college. They got them in all these, these no-pay-attention jobs, right? They had money. They got them in the school boards. They got them in city councils. They got them on water boards. And then they learn how to become politicians. And then they can use that on their resume to take the next higher job. Where Republicans like, hey, I'm going to get a job. I'm doing that stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Bannon says, no, we got to take over the school boards. We got to take over city councils so you can have the resume. And you basically are you basically starving out the democratic machine of people that know how to become a politician mm-hmm. and, and they hate them for it. Oh, they keep, that's another thing they talk about. So, so I think Republicans learn, we learn late, but I think we're starting to do more of the right things from, um, from a political standpoint. I just hope it's not too late. I agree with you. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I think that's exactly what we have to do. We have to replace these people if we ever hope to overcome them, because as long as they're the ones in power, they're never going to allow us to to get anything done or um, or to move on past the policies that they don't want to support. All right. Well, listen, exactly. Bob, we're out of time. So uh, I just want to say thank you for being here. It's great talking to you. And um, I uh, do you got anything else that you want to tell the audience before we go? No, it just um, embrace the volatility. Um, there's a lot of opportunity in volatility, and volatility is going to increase now until November. Uh, embrace it. Um, if you need to own things, own things that people need. Don't own things that people want. If you're in an industry that's, you need to probably start thinking through it. And if you and if you're sitting there, you know, if you have a Modella lifestyle, like you're living in the urban and you're trying to be a barista, get out in the countryside. You can make a lot of money. You can live in a nice town. And and uh, people are starving for good employees and you're going to get paid well. So opportunities are everywhere, Zach. Take advantage of them. All right. Good stuff. Well, thank you for being here, Bob. As always, everyone at home, we'll see you tonight. Good luck and God bless.